we can't experience God's transformation in our hearts and our souls and our lives unless we are slowing down and creating margin and creating space for God to interact with us and to reveal these things to us. Welcome to Mountains and Mustard Seeds. I am your host, Erica Kambitz, and I'm excited to engage with you as we experience God together in fresh ways. Welcome back, my friends, to Mountains and Mustard Seeds. We are starting off season two after far too long of a break. I have finally finished up with seminary, and I am excited to get back at podcasting. So I wanted to give a couple of life updates and podcast updates for those of you who have been listening, and just kind of let you know some new direction that I will be taking with the podcast. So first things first, I graduated with a Master's of Arts in Theology in June from Fuller Theological Seminary. That was a blast. I am so excited to share more of what I have learned in seminary and what I continue to learn and excited to share some of that with you on the podcast. a couple other life updates. Uh, Alex and I bought a house in the spring, and which has been a very fun and challenging uh, endeavor. We have been looking forward to buying a house for a long time um, and making it our own. So that's been a fun uh, new thing for us. We've been working on it for the past six months. And during that time after I graduated, Alex really asked me just to take a sabbatical, to take a step back from work uh, after working and being in school full time and just enter into a season of rest. So I've been learning a lot through this season. It's been incredibly challenging for me to take a step back and to not really do much of anything that I can uh, show for any of my time, but I thought it might be helpful just to share a little bit of what I have been experiencing myself. And I'll admit this has been really challenging for me to even think about sharing, putting something out there like this on the internet. But as I have processed myself during the season of rest, I've found that the truths that God has been sharing with me resonate deeply with others. And so it seems selfish for me to hide behind um, the pretext of the process and not share that with you. So here's a little helpful background from the past couple years that will help you understand what led to me taking a season of rest and how I've been processing with the Lord during that season. At the beginning of the pandemic, Alex and I uh, really leaned into the new rhythms that were kind of being forced upon us, uh, being quarantined, and we found ourselves very much enjoying it. Now, I didn't love not seeing people. I'm still very much a people person, but I think that we learned that the pace of life at which we were living prior to the pandemic was not sustainable was causing us to burn out in a number of areas of life and was ultimately not honoring to God. And so something that we have really tried to lean into and don't do it very perfectly ever is something called Sabbath. And you'll probably hear me talk about this regularly on the podcast, but I just wanted to share a little bit more about what we do with that and why that's been important for us Sabbath rest is something that God commands in the Old Testament and is essentially not just a day off of work, but it is a day to rest from all of our work, from our thoughts of working, and it's a day to honor the Lord in all that we do. And 
for everyone, this looks really different in modern life. Um, but for Alex, a lot of times and I, this looks like not reading emails, not doing home chores, not doing any any anything that would constitute work. So Alex tries not to mow the grass, and I try not to cook, and we just kind of try to build all of our things up to that um, so that we can really just enjoy being. And as a result of really wrestling through what does it mean to not do and to just be, I've really been struggling with and thinking over this kind of dichotomy that seemingly doesn't exist in our culture. Um, It's kind of this interwoven fabric of our lives, which is doing and being. And I have found for myself over the past few years that I ultimately believe that my being really only has worth based on what I do. And I'll, I'll share more with you guys as time progresses, but I just wanted to invite into some of this process. So um, ultimately, I, I think that it's a cultural expectation that the more you do, the more valuable you are, or the more valuable your work, the more valuable you are as a person. And while as a from a Christian perspective, we would ultimately reject this viewpoint, I think that it's rather insidious. And for me, I've come to realize that this is not just an external expectation or external paradigm, but it's something that has actually seeped into my soul um, and I have believed myself too, that I am only valuable as a, as a human based on the hard work that I do or the valuable work that I do or the meaningful work that I do. And so when valuable work is stripped away, when any kind of work is stripped away, I'm left feeling a little bit hopeless and meaningless and like I don't know what the point of life is. Now that sounds very dark and dismal and depressing, and it is. I just want to say if you're feeling like that and – um, it feels inescapable for you. Please reach out to me. Please get help. Um, something that's long-term like that is not something to be taken lightly. And there are lots of people who would love to help you. So this is, uh, I would not, I would not categorize that as any kind of clinical depression that I'm expressing. It's more, um, it's more of an existential crisis of sorts. So, um, yeah, I, I've really been untangling that during my season of rest, and I didn't realize how deep-seated it was in my own life until I was kind of faced with, I don't really have anything to do right now. Upon graduating with my master's in June, Alex kindly asked me to take a season of rest. Um, I'm really used to a breakneck pace of doing things, and that results in what has been appropriately deemed the Erica crash and burn. I love to work. I love to do things but I don't pace myself well, and I'm usually forced to slow down or to stop altogether from external circumstances or motivations. So at first, when Alex proposed this, I immediately thought, what am I going to do? And he would always say, well, that's kind of the point, Erica. You don't do anything. But I thought, well, maybe I'll really learn to enjoy this. After all, I have a lot of house projects I need to do. So, which again is enjoyable and fun and there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with hard work. What I'm really trying to to emphasize here is um, 
that there needs to be a better separation between our value as human beings and our value in what we do. Um, and at first, for the first couple months, I think once I really embraced this idea of rest, I actually began to enjoy it. And I felt unhurried, unpressured, kind of relieved of any expectations. I actually remember telling one of my friends, I'm really excited for what God has next, but I'm also enjoying this season right now. So I'm not, I don't feel hurried. I don't feel like I need to rush to what's next. I just feel like I'm in a very unhurried state of enjoyment of rest, which is wonderful. And that's ultimately what Sabbath rest is for, is that it's an unhurried enjoyment of, of resting and not doing. But my mindset really shifted once I decided that I was ready for the next season. I felt inspired and well-rested and ready, uh, but God had a lot more to teach me. So I actually, probably about sometime in the end of September, I was like, okay, this was good. I had two months off or so, and I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. Like, let's do it. I'm going to dig back into work. <laughs> but the best way to, ex- to describe what I experienced at that time is whiplash. So if you've ever been rear-ended, you really understand this quick jolt that rocks your body too abruptly. It has lasting painful effects that force you to take care of yourself by resting and stretching and physical therapy. And so I would, I would basically say, like, I experienced a whiplash between this season of rest returning to a breakneck pace of working. And through some wonderful God-inspired wisdom, I was basically encouraged to, to, to figure out what a new pace of work could look like. Um, that my rest needed to be integrated into my work and not just these separate seasons, but something that maybe God was inviting me into a a slower, more deliberate season of working and being that was not what I previously had been doing. I think as Christians, myself, I guess I would say, I normally think that I ultimately resolve to work differently because of our faith, but I don't always consider what exactly that means. I want to honor the Lord with my work and I want to do excellence, but I don't always think about the way that I go about working. I often consider, prayerfully so, what God wants me to share, especially for podcasting and teaching, but I don't oftentimes prayerfully consider how God wants me to go about doing that or when God wants me to go about doing that. And those are things I've been very convicted of recently is that despite how spirit-inspired the content may be, the process must also be reflective of how God is leading me to. So in the past few weeks, I began to realize that I still feel like I need to produce or accomplish something even when I am resting. I somehow think that my resting must be productive in order for it to count or matter. And so in my season of rest, I you know, found myself reading a book, which is something that I enjoy, which is restful, or uh, trying to make something, even trying to lose weight. All of these things that are, are good and are, are helpful for rejuvenating my soul, but 
if my emphasis was too much on how productive I was, how many books have I read, how many, how many projects have I completed, how much weight have I lost, then I began to feel like my rest wasn't, didn't matter or it wasn't doing anything, which is ironic because that is a work mentality, not a rest mentality. Once I had uncovered this idea that I struggled to truly rest, that I couldn't just not do anything and that my rest needed to be productive, um, I was faced with a hard reality that I deep down believe that I only matter as much as I am doing. And even though this is something I have been wrestling with for the past two, three, four, five years, I think the Lord was trying to reveal that a season of rest was exactly what I needed because my soul needed to unravel and reorient so that before I enter my next season of work, whatever that may look like, I have my foundation realigned with God's truth and what God says about me. And that ultimately I'm not valuable because of the work that I do. I'm not valuable because of how much I accomplish and that I'm, I'm not what I produce. Ultimately, I am the beloved with whom God is well pleased. And I simply need to be still and trust that God is at work when I am not. And that ultimately God is the one who is at work through my work. And he invites us into meaningful kingdom work because he values us first and foremost. And that is the foundation of all of our work. So I wanted to invite you into a little bit of what God has been teaching me and into my own process, digging through work and rest and worth and just being transparent with you, letting you know that the process is messy and it takes a long time. But ultimately, we can't experience God's transformation in our hearts and our souls and our lives unless we are slowing down and creating margin and creating space for God to interact with us and to reveal these things to us. And it's because of the season of rest alongside my desire to hear from the Lord that has allowed me to really peel back a lot of these layers and dig deep and get my hands dirty and realize that God is wanting to do something in the midst of this season. So that's a huge part of what I want to encourage for all of you is not only rest, but that we could learn to create space and time for us to interact with God and to experience Him in fresh ways. One of the most important things I learned during my time at Fuller is that it doesn't really matter how much I know or how much I can teach you. At the end of the day, what matters most is that you and I both encounter the Lord and hear from Him personally. And it's the process that matters, not just the end result. So I could sit here and simply tell you what a Bible passage means, but the action of working it out on your own is arguably more valuable. And I understand that not everyone has the opportunity or the privilege to attend seminary themselves. And so I really want to invite people into this process so that you can experience God in fresh ways. So I want to not merely teach you what the Bible says, but how to read it for yourself and how to unpack it. One of my favorite practices or spiritual disciplines that I loved during my time in seminary 
is something called Lectio Divina. I will have another podcast that explains what this is, what it means, how it works. But basically, it helps us to slow down and read the scriptures in a more intimate way. And this tends to go against the grain of our results-driven, information-heavy culture and invites us into the transformation of hearing God's truth one-on-one. I loved this so much during my time in seminary that I want to share it with others and create helpful resources to reestablish this beautiful, ancient way of reading scripture. So be looking forward to the next podcast will be about Lectio Divina and how to do that and what it is. And then the next few after that are going to be, basically, I will lead you through the Lectio Divina process. And I'm really excited for this because when I was in seminary, I struggled to find resources that could help me do this. That's It's something that I really enjoy, but I think that it's best led by someone else and usually in groups too. So maybe you have a small group or you have a couple people that you would enjoy doing this with. And I would encourage that communal process to be a part of you adopting this practice into your own life. And hopefully together we can learn to hear from God's word and to not only study God's word to learn more about him, um, but to allow God's word to study us so we can reveal, we can understand and, un- and uncover more of what God thinks about us and what he has to say to us today. So some new direction for the podcast. While I still plan to talk about myriad of subjects, including harder topics, I really want to shift my focus. I want to help us all learn how to slow down and really hear what God is saying through his word. One of the ways that I intend to do this is by teaching you how to practice Lectio Divina. For the near future, I will lay out what Lectio Divina is, how to do it, and why it matters. And then I plan to lead you through various scriptures that I have personally been impacted by in my recent season of rest. And eventually, we will hopefully go through entire passages and books of the Bible together. But for the time being, I want to introduce you to this spiritual discipline that I have found immeasurable joy in. Previously, my goal was to be an instigator for conversations about the Christian faith. Now, my mission is to be a resource for people to experience God in fresh ways. I want to engage with you, invite you along in the process of the Christian faith. Consider me your trail guide as we navigate life, study the Bible, and learn to follow God wherever he leads us. Thank you for listening. I would love to connect with you personally and hear about your own experience or how the podcast has impacted your faith. Please reach out to me at askerica.podcast.com at gmail.com.